They say the world can be hard, cruel, and ugly. Trust me, it gets worse if you're hungry and thirst. Doesn't push you from position, last place to first. Can't build a foundation without having feet in the dirt. So I put in the work, grind harder than most. I don't chase accolades of the living, I'm facing a ghost. That's what makes me the GOAT. Depending on who you ask, my brother, whatever task. Got it covered like a mask, guaranteed they can't see me at the open run. Cause I cook competitors until they look well done. Don't act like you don't know where I held from. I had to climb about the trenches, sit on benches till my time had come. Don't be mad at the player, be mad at the game. Sneak this in the hating, that's a flag on the play. Me falling off, huh? That'll be the day I'm like, bolt in the race, leave the track, flambe, it's the open run. Homer Strick said, son, finish your breakfast. My name is Hove, H to the O-V. Now, to be clear, that bar by Jay-Z was not referencing me. Although, lots of people who I know, who know I worked in the music industry for quite a long time and have had interactions with Mr. Sean Corey Carter in the past, would accredit that line to me. However, to be right, clear, and fair, the line is really about my man John Strickland, bless the dead. There used to be this big talk about who had the best post moves in New York City at the time in the 90s, especially playing playground basketball or in rec leagues around the city between Will Strickland and John Strickland, blessed dead. And I woke up this morning thinking about that, thinking about the start of a new season, who's going to make a difference, why guys don't even play in the post that much anymore. But before I get into that, allow me to reintroduce myself and welcome you to The Open Run with Will Strickland. That would be me. The Open Run with Will Strickland is brought to you by the fine folks at Press. We are Press.net. I can be found across these rough interweb streets at W underscore Strickland and the number one on Twitter, Will Strickland and the number one on IG and across all streaming platforms where podcasts can be found. Finish your breakfast. I guess when I look back at my life and the things that I've done in it, you know, I've been called a nerd and a jock, which is odd in high school. The nerds wouldn't rock with me because they knew I was a jock, and the jocks didn't really rock with me that much because I was a nerd. You know, the egghead who grew up hard-boiled and never got over easy. Shouts out to Brownsville, Kai. And as I'm thinking about this season and thinking about everything that's going on in this world, I thought about movies. I don't know how that came into play. And I want to watch this movie called Motherless Brooklyn. It's allegedly about Robert Moses, the guy who helped create the environment that birthed hip-hop culture. They don't say that in the movie, but you get the idea this all-powerful city planner, city manager in New York at the time is the guy, Robert Moses. Get your Google weight up if you want to know more or take my class. At any rate, I'm looking forward to seeing this movie. and It made me think of the times when I was just a young lad watching movies and how they would have these depending upon what kind of movie you were watching, sex scene or lovemaking scenes and how someone would meet at a bar or a club or hadn't seen each other in 20 years and their eyes being across the crowded room and they hug and they hang out. Eventually they go home, whether it's to the other person's house or not, at a hotel, or whatever the case might be. And they do what they do, what adults do from time to time. They're waking up in the morning, it's all idyllic, arms and legs and hair tangled everywhere. The scene of an intense session between the two is set and they wake up. <sighs> She's still here. I don't know why I can hear Andre 3000's Where Are My Panties. If you've never heard that, listen to it. It's hilarious. But 
they rolled over and they're like all exhilarated and happy that they're laying next to one another and they start kissing and loving and hugging. It looks so perfect until you try to do what they did in a movie for the first time in real life. Then you realize, you know, you're not probably not about that life. Probably not about that swamp mouth life after being up and drinking and eating food all night, then sleeping with somebody after you've been kissing on them the night before. And you wake up, and if you could see their words coming out in like thought clouds when they're speaking, the mouth is quite hot. Oh, that's two-way traffic. Don't get me wrong. So I always wondered, how does that work? Why do they make you believe? And some people about that. Hey, look. So some people, they're cool with that. I don't have a problem with morning sex. I'm just not kissing. That's my choice. Oh, choices. Well, much like the fallacy of movie morning breath, this fallacy around why people take this vaccine or not, and again, I am not taping one way or the other, I just have questions about how people justify their behavior either way. And oftentimes I've noticed, especially in the past year or so, that social media has grown. Well, actually it wasn't social media that grew, is the field of epidemiology that's grown dramatically since we've gotten COVID. Now for those uninformed, epidemiology is a study of the distribution and determinants of health-related states or events in specified populations and the application of this study to the control of health problems. So Facebook U, Twitter Tech, IG Institute, the YouTube State University. Lots of bootleg degrees been given out recently from what I can tell. I'm a researcher. Yeah, okay. So what did you find out in your research? Something in converse to what's been said already? My dear old Graham's blessed dead. She had a third grade education from what I understand, but her intellect of curb was top shelf. A one since day one. And I do believe her bars, situation considered, are apropos right now. Because she would say on myriad occasions, that if you go looking for trouble, you're bound to find it no matter what you find. If that's your intent from jump, it doesn't matter what you find. That's what you wanted. And sometimes it feels like this when we're talking about vaccine versus anti-vaccine or whatever the case might be. And again, I'm not keeping one way or the other. I just have questions. And I think about this when I look at the battle being waged between the artist formerly known as Ferdinand Lewis Alcindor. I talked about him last week that in the 60s, he was an activist and he fought the power. Now, he seems like he's going along with the program. I'm not saying he's a go-along to get along. But again, I have to look at maybe the things he held fast to in his youth are not as applicable in the autumn of his years. Same could be said for some of these guys who are holding out. Even though the NBA is now at 95% vaccinated, an update from last week's program. There's more airtime given to the few that have dissented in the moment. And we'll talk about one who has flipped his tune. Because A likes B like because they can see alike. At least that's what this circle is. And that's what we do sometimes as people. We trust our circle and our social media feed who will give us more of what we already believe in the first place. And then validate that and co-sign that by liking and retweeting it. And it happens. We form our ideas and our personalities around the things and we feel most comfortable with. I get it. In the age of technology and information, we need to remember that cell phones, microwavable food, and computers we sit in front of all day also affect our bodies, our health. 
when we were kids. Remember those shots we got for measles, mumps, rubella, all kinds of diseases I don't even remember, polio, just to go to school. Our parents, no matter our histories, kind of forced into it. I get it. Some people didn't take the vaccines. Weren't allowed to go to school. They homeschooled. Cool. State didn't pay for the homeschooling either. What's the empirical data you're, you're searching for that tells you that this is going to hurt you because someone else got hurt? There's a possibility that anything can happen. It's the 50-50 chance, no doubt. You take the shot, you're okay. You take the shot, you get hurt. The risk we take, right? The same shots we took to make the NBA. You don't know until you go through it. You can't base it on someone else's experience with that thing. It's very tough to do to try and make a linear comparison between the two, but I understand it's just empirical data, right? But I talked about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I talked about how Shaq came out saying stuff about world be flat and the things he's done and that they should trade him and get him out of there. It costs the grand total of three ninety nine to say no comment. They always go to the most visible. They're not going to the rank and file guys and say, what do you think about Kyrie not wanting the Vax? They go to Hall of Famers and top 10 players of all time to justify the conflation that may come around that. And I get it. You have strong opinions about stuff you want to say. It. That's why we have social media. Get it 100%. That's why I'm on this podcast 100%. But I still wonder, what's the cost of allowing your top and bottom lip to meet when asked these questions? Somebody put together an anti-vax starting five, which is hilarious to me, with World B-flat, my man Kyrie Andrew Irving at the point, Bradley Beal at the two, Devin Booker at the three, although someone said Devin Booker should be coming off the bench and allowing Michael Porter Jr., Jonathan Isaac at the five down in Orlando, and at the three, the man who changed his tune because he didn't want to lose that money. I guess his religious beliefs were overwhelmed by the notion of losing so much money. He must have religious insurance. And I'm talking about Andrew Christian Wiggins, who was now vaccinated. He applied for a religious exemption from the NBA, was denied. So I guess he's coming to the fold. Education and consideration, people. Education and consideration. What's going to help us as a group get back to some degree of normalcy? I don't know. I mean, I know that's not your full and total obligation. But first and foremost, it starts in the home. To whom are you truly beholden? It's not just you, is it? People in your home. People you work with. Are you considering them? I don't know. That's a lot to consider. I mean, I, I know I, I stand on principle on a lot of things. And I remember the things I stood on as a young man that today don't mean as much to me. I, I wish I could pinpoint all the things and reasons why it's changed, but I can't. Maybe that's just the way I was forming my personality. Maybe that's the way I was putting my toes 10 deep in the sand and say, look, I'm going to stand and deliver on the things I believe in and let the world know that. I understand. I look at this and I talk about education and consideration. And I think about Lamella de France Ball. Lamella de France Ball. Who once said, why do we need school? That's some bullshit. Why, why do we need school? Now he and his agency, Rock Nation Sports, are offering a four-year sports management and marketing and communications scholarship to young people who can apply before, I think, December 1st of 2021 to get this scholarship. Do as I say, not as I do, I guess. Not mad at LaMelo. Do your thing, young. Shout out to Jalen Brown up in Boston. His whole team came out to support what he was doing in the community. The Juice Foundation is for at-risk youth. 
Now, I feel like all youth are at risk. All it takes is one mistake. It doesn't matter what they look like, but at risk is, I guess, code speak for young blacks, browns, and Latinx peoples. I don't know. At any rate, his foundation uh, just opened up a store in Boston called Juice, spelled with a seven, like his number, but Juice. His foundation is all about sport, education, and social justice, utilizing those vehicles to help young people achieve the things they want to achieve in this life and be more aware of what's happening around them. And I wonder when I think about LaMelo, when I think about all the guys who don't want to vaccine, when I think about the people who are vaccine, is there a contrarian's code that we tend to follow sometimes when people don't agree with what we want them to agree with? Damn, I ended another sentence or a question with a preposition. I'm the worst. I mean, did anyone research air today? You don't necessarily know how it works, but you believe you can breathe. You want to stand out? Be outstanding. Do the things that help you and yours and those you are beholden to be better. Now, on that note, I want you to come back for more on the other side of this on The Open Run with Will Strickland. Back, giving you more of what you asked for. It's the open run with Will Strickland in conversation. My man, James Robinson, a.k.a. hero of the legendary Alcoholics, the Liquid Crew. What's up, man? What up, what up, what up, Will? Everything's it's been a good. minute. Everything's good, man. Long it's good time. to see your face, man. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, man. If people only knew our history, wow. What the right well, of what? There's part of the reason why I do this. This is my love letter to my culture and to basketball because when I'm done, they can see this. It's on the internet forever. My son can see it. Hopefully, God willing, or whoever you believe in, or whatever you believe in, that he has children and they get to see it and they get to know that their old dad used to do a little something in this thing, you know? Hey, man, it's, it's, it goes down in history. That's all we, we need to know. Well, as I do with every podcast, when I have a guest on, I allow my guests to run their resume to kind of talk about who they are. So if you would, please, sir, run your resume, J-Row of the Alcoholics. Oh, man, J-Row of the Alcoholics. MC of the, of the Licks, the Alcoholics, the Licks. I was a former uh, group member of King T. He was my DJ. I turned into his hype man, and uh, he named us the Alcoholics. So Swift and Tash and myself uh became the alcoholics and uh got a deal with loud records we toured the world made four albums with loud and uh toured the world had a lot of experiences toured the country came out your way a lot no doubt uh i ended up moving out to uh sweden in 2003 lived there for 15 years uh, you know, had a, I had a sports show on the radio in L.A. called Liquid Sports. Right. Um, did that, you know, designed some shoes for skateboard companies, you know, D.C., did some things like that. And, uh, yeah, man, a lot, living. Of, a lot of history, man. But J. Rowe, MC from Alcoholics, baby. Now, 
where it's at. I'm trying to figure out if people don't know if you are actually Pacoima's finest. Pacoima, California is the home soil. Yeah, absolutely. Pacoima in the house. So there are several people that people may or may not know who come from there. I'm trying to figure out where you sit in the pecking order. Okay. So if people don't remember, I'm a big football guy. Okay. USC, Charles White, Heisman winner. That's right. Okay. You got Andre Crouch. The realest. Oh, yeah. Andre Crouch, the gospel singer. Oh, Andre Andre Crouch, much respect, man. Much respect. And Richie Valens, of all people. Now, he's the old uh, uh, Chicano rock and roll singer from back in the 50s. La Bamba. Right. Right. Yeah, right there. Pacoima Junior High School. Right. Yeah, Pacoima Junior High School, all that. You know, he's doing it. Can't forget Anthony Davis from uh, USC, too. Oh, that's right. That's right. Anthony Davis running. Right. You said the old school Anthony Davis. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. But like when you, you talked about all the stuff you've been through, talking about loud records. And I do this thing called the association. So I'm going to throw some names out there and I want you to give me a thought on these names or places that I talk about. Okay. So the first one is Roger McBride. Roger McBride, my homie. So when I first met this dude, his, his name was Tila because he had this, this Kango that had Fila on the side of it, like custom right. Fila. But piece of it had fell off. <laughs> so and he went like with that. The F right. like a T. <laughs> so right. <laughs> so Tila, man, one of the dopest West Coast artists, one of the, the you know, beginning the gangster rap, as they call it, King T, man. Roger McBride is King T. It's like Superman, you know. So, um, you know, Roger McBride became King T and just smashed. You know, you got to go back and listen to these albums. That's that's what people really need to start doing. Because a lot of things are in our memory. But until you really go back and, like, put that album on, put that Act of Fool album on. Do you know how many people have the utmost respect for King T? Like everybody I talking, I was talking to my man Fuzzy. You remember Fuzzy? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Fuzzy. he named when I asked him his top five California MCs of all time, the first one on his list, King T. He said, Y'all don't know. Don't Tell know. him about it. Talk to him. You don't know. But, uh, so let's go to the next one. Rico Smith. Rico Smith, my brother, my band member, my brother, my my roommate. All that we we we've been through so much together, and that's Tash from the Alcoholics. You know what I mean? And um, one thing I gotta say about Tash right now, I'm very super duper schmooper proud of <laughs> Tash Rico Smith from Ohio. Yeah, from Ohio. I'm gonna ask you something about that in a minute. Um, <laughs> I've been to his hood too in Columbus. Woo. Right. Woo. So I'm glad he, I'm glad we we got him up out of there. It was wild like that. Wow, man! Wow, 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 okay. wow! Yeah, for sure. Eric Eric Brooks. Eric Brooks, one of my favorite producers. 
you know, he make the kind of beats that make me want to rap. And uh, so that's what I did for all mm -hmm. these years. He Swift. Right. No doubt. DJ Whip. He was a um he was cutting all our hair at first, right? Mm -hmm. King T was about to go on tour, but his DJ Aladdin at the time got in a car accident. So I was mm. like, you know, Swift will be cutting our hair. He can DJ too. He's like, what? Next thing you know, he DJing for King T. And uh, the story goes from there, man. Opportunities are crazy, right? When you're prepared for it yeah. and they just pop up when it's supposed to happen. Yeah, we, you know, we always think we got the plan, but God got the plan. Man. No doubt. Steve Rifkin. Steve Rifkin. Oh, <laughs> man. Steve Rifkin, I want to say, is the uh, epitome of, of, of take a chance. Right. Feel it in your gut. Take a chance, man. Go for it. Don't is that how you felt with you guys? Absolutely. The alcoholics, mm. you think that was an easy decision to sign a group called the alcoholics? <laughs> I don't think so. Right. I'm like, are you stupid? You nobody gonna play this? Right. You know, we, we he got that from the beginning. Mm. Wu Tang clan, nine rappers on every song. Oh, ain't no way this gonna work. I mean, and since you brought it up. Why don't we drop it off with Loud Records? You know, and your label mates at the time. You talked about Wu-Tang, but there were some other cats who came to the, the shop too. Absolutely, man. You know, Exhibit. Twister? Mom, Twister was the first one. Right? He, I remember when he was Tongue Twister back in the day. Yeah, Mr. Tongue Twister single was on Loud Records. Right. Madcap came out. Mm -hmm. I remember Madcap. Came out, yep. Big up to um, Madcap and... and, and Broadway, DJ Broadway, um, they came out and then um, we got signed. Mm -hmm. We were the first ones to, to to get airplay and all of that. Let me ask you though, you just talked about Rico being from Cincinnati, Columbus, wherever down there in Ohio. I don't even mess around with Ohio like that because I'm a University of Michigan fan all day forever. Michigan, that's, that's always been my squad too. Michigan. The helmets. I was like, Anthony Carter. Right, with the spats on. Number one. Hold this. You my man. You know. So, yeah, I just could never rock with Ohio State for nothing, but Tash is my guy. But <laughs> how did Joe get, like, I'm trying to figure out how Pacoima, California, Columbus, Ohio, and Toledo, Ohio, by way of Columbus, Georgia, all connected in California. How'd that happen? Well, um, like I said, King T used to be my DJ. And then after that, DJ we had a group together and DJ Pooh was the DJ. Mm -hmm. DJ Pooh um, ended up going to um, New York to work on LL's album. Right. A bad album mm -hmm. with LA Posse. So I, I was just stuck without a DJ and I had a four track. I was making these demos, trying to scratch myself, you know. Right. I, I wasn't really working out. With <laughs> and, uh, so my homie, Michael Hearns from high school, he was like, hey, I know this dude, uh, he, he's staying in the valley. He's right out here, man. He got turntables at his house. I'm like, what? So we went over to his crib and, uh, you know, it just from that day on, I was there every day, coming mm. back every day. Then he started making beats on this little drum machine. We started making demos and uh, 
he already knew Tash. So they had mm. both moved from Ohio and uh they didn't they didn't know each other in Ohio. Mm. They met in Cali and um you know we just started doing demos together and we was like, why don't we just be a group? Because this is Swift was like, it's getting hard making beats for both of y'all. Y'all mm. y'all fighting over whose beats is who's <laughs> Let's just be a group. So we started making, we did a song called Pass the Joint. I'll never forget that. What year was that? This was, had to be uh, 88. Oh, for real? Yeah. Okay. Like Pass the Mic, you know. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And you just felt like a certain rhythm with each other and like you spent enough time to say, this is a thing. And as you said earlier, King T dubbed you all the alcoholics, right? A start for you guys to do what you did. And as you said, you guys have been together, what is that? This is like 30-something years now. Absolutely. It's a long time. Now, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw something that said there was a record you guys made that was an exhibit disc. Was there beef between y'all one time? No, that, that was, uh set the record straight. That was just me. I produced the record. Mm. I did the song by myself. So it was beef or, I mean, is it resolved? It had nothing to do with us. And there, and there was some internal things it wasn't really a beef it was more just like a big brother getting at his little brother mm. hey you need to check yourself you know little mm. bro and um but you know it, this, this was long time ago y'all tightened it up super tight good tight 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 you know i like that when we can resolve when we can resolve yeah, stuff because i mean i'm gonna tell you straight out I don't want no problems with J-Roll. I mean, slap man. I don't want no problems. <laughs> I don't want no man, problems. I'll be look. I'll be looking on my shoulder all the time with slap man. Listen, I caught them videos. I'm like, this dude is out of control right now. <laughs> what is the, the the impetus of that? The the whole slap man thing. So my my who's she's now my wife. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't wait. We're going to talk about her in a second. Yeah, but, so we're best friends at one time. We'll get into that later. But mm-hmm. we're sitting at this restaurant, and the food was so good. I was like, ooh, I'm going to go back there and slap the chef. <laughs> so, you know, this, this is an old family. You probably had this in your family, too, you know, where we mm-hmm. play this. And I had to explain to her, this is, you know, my family. Every time something is so good, we either say, you put your foot in it, put it right. Put your foot in this, Grandma, or or, or I'm gonna slap the shit. Who who made this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna right. slap you. Yeah. So you had to understand the cultural so, exchange, right? So I explained it. You know, it, it's a good thing if I go right. slap the shit. Good thing. It means the food is good. Well, you know what we do with words, right? You as a, as a as a wordsmith, what we do yeah, with yeah. words, right? When oh, dope yeah, means it. fresh. I love it, man. When people hear fresh, they think produce. They don't think what we do, what we rock, how we move, right? I love it. Words. That's what we do with words, right? Yeah. And it, and it's like it's like this, like hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, hip hop came from from you know the ghetto, and and just how we were were in general, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I just love the fact that hip hop. Nothing was ever made for hip hop, right? That's why when they have like hip hop products and this and that, I'm like, Mm-mm. right? Because <laughs> Shell Toes wasn't made for hip hop, right? 
Timberlands wasn't made for hip hop culture. Timberlands wasn't made for hip hop. Tommy Hilfiger, none of that. Runners wasn't made for hip hop. But let's keep it funky. Let's keep it a book. Rose wasn't made for hip hop. So what we do, we go out and find the best of the best. We go find the best turntable, the best sneaker, the best of everything and say, now we taking this. This is hip hop. And it can't be whack though. It got it gotta be dope. Like but here's the thing. It could be it could be something as general and, and simple as SUVs. Yeah. Right. Were literally sport utility vehicles until some football player in San Diego in like nineteen seventy-eight kitted one out. And right. all of a sudden now you see Lamborghini and Bentley making LUVs, luxury utility vehicles, because everything we touch, we make it dope. Whack right. or not, we make right. it dope. Yeah, we took the six four Chevy, the dopest Impala that they came out with, and that became hip hop. Without you question. Know? All, you know, so we take the best of the best, and I love it, man. I, I love our culture. So it's it's so ingrained in you, everything you touch, like you said. What are you into right now? What am I into right now? Like same thing, man. I love music. I love uh, the hip hop culture. Um, I was out in uh, Sweden teaching, you know, the hip hop culture, bringing uh, guest teachers over. Man. I was mad at you because we spoke a couple times. You were in what, Malmo? Yeah, Malmo. And that's how much I remember because I was over there in Rotterdam. I'm like, yo, I want to come through and we can never hook it up. We can never make yeah, it happen. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't make it happen, man. But just the fact that we, Almost did. It was good and good enough. Look, as long as the fact that I remembered it, the fact that we stayed in touch, that's all that matters. You had no obligation. I was just trying to work it out. For sure, man. And you know, and this is one of the. I wish we could have had you there because you would have. We could have got gave our students really uh, some good insight and stuff. And that's had a good time through the guest teacher um, thing. So. You know, but it, we used to talk about this a lot. I used to tell them about this. Like, we find the dopest things in the world and, and we bring it to hip-hop. No. So if they say something is just hip-hop, like made for it, or hip-hop is this, it's different for every different person. You know, we would come in. I used to have Donald D come in and teach the curriculum about Wow, you said Donald D. Donald D. Let him know. I mean, he had pictures, you know, standing with Cool Herc and all everybody, Jazzy J and all these people from the beginning, like authentic pictures, letters, and he had everything just printed out about the history. Mm. And that's the that's the the official history. Right. But then I would after that course, I would tell them, now what is hip hop to you? Mm. Because that's official too. Without question. Every I love that. It's different. You don't gotta know you don't gotta be a part of this this official history to be hip hop because it it hit everybody else everybody at a certain time. Right. And I would say like hip hop to me coming from from L.A. area was making it home. Right. So everything that I thought of. Can you say I that wore, again, please? Can you say that again, please? Making it home. Can you explain what that means so people know? Home. I don't care if I was going to a party, to the studio, to whatever, to my homie's house, just to make a mixtape. How am I gonna make it home? Where am I going, first of all? Can I wear this color? Who's in the car with me? Is he 
welcome to where I'm going. Right. Uh, we ride together. Uh, what time we going? Where is this place at? Who's at you know how school? wild that is though? Like I don't think kids understand that they see it in like they see boys in the hood. Yeah. And they see Ricky and 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 uh Trey walking back from the store. Right. It's certain parts you can't a uh, uh, furious, you can't have us out here in Compton and shit. You out you out of bounds. So we used to right. studio like far like out in Gardena Hawthorne. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we used to have to bring the homie with us. Right. That's he did. It's like, a trip. We, wasn't, we wasn't really about that life, but we was like, we knew it was up. We, we, Listen, but that's the thing, right? It, home. <laughs> you don't you don't have to be about that life for it to affect you. Absolutely. And you have to get and you have to deal with that. And I think a lot of people don't understand. And I'm not trying to glorify or, or try to make it, you know, something that it's not. But the fight to get home every day is a real thing. And that that's a, a level of trauma you can't understand unless you went through it. Right. 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 And I think yeah, that was hip hop to me growing up in the 80s. So. But I think what's dope as well is you taking the time to kind of break out. And we're going to get into that in a second. But I'm going to ask you one other thing before we go to break. Um, can you hoop? You seem like a football dude to me. You know what? It's pro- It's not really a sport I don't. I don't play. Oh, it's like that. Yeah, everything. I I play. I went. I went out to Europe and was thrilling them on the soccer field. Even. <laughs> I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Golf only with a seven iron and a putter. People for real. They're like, how you do this, bro? Like, I I don't. I don't like all them other clubs. You just do what you do. Yeah, I just do what I do. So this is a part of loud records lore <laughs> when i had wu-tang on tour one time and we were in houston uh-huh and this was the same time that the only time that raekwon said they ever got sunned on stage like they got straight like i don't know why they booked him on this side of town in houston just like you talk about like where you're going right. it could be one block difference between the beef or whatever it is so they book us on the north side of houston club called the rhinestone wrangler Oh wow! It's all rap a lot stuff. If it ain't rap a lot, no LL, no nothing. Wrangler. <laughs> they not they not messing with nothing. Right. We come in there. RZA comes on stage. You know they run off off the stage. They're shooting and throwing bottles at us as we jumping out the uh, in the van. Good getting out. I have to go back like Mookie from do the right thing to get that two fifty from South the next day because right, right, we right. showed up before that when we were loading in and everything. They had a rim in the in the uh, loading dock. Oh, okay. So Method Man, you know, he's six three, six four. He want to have a dunk contest against me. I'm like, come on, man, stop playing. Like, fifty dollars a dunk. Let's just say I walked out of there with three hundred fifty dollars that day. Oh wow! But he sprained his wrist. <laughs> he sprained his wrist. He's left handed. He sprained yeah. his wrist trying to dunk. We had to take him to the hospital. Rifkin screaming on me on the phone. Oh, I bet. I'm like, money, calm the hell down. It's a microphone. He can hold it in his right hand. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to come back for more with my man J-Ru from the Alcoholics right after this. You're now listening to the sounds of the open run with Will Strickland 
in conversation with my man J-Roll from the Alcoholics. And I was thinking about Saturday night, this last Saturday night. I'm like, you know what? People don't even talk about going to the club no more. I don't know if it's social media shame because of COVID or whatever. But then when I reached out to you, you remember the line I gave to you, right? Right, right. My name is James because the girls call me God when I'm humping. I should win a gold medal for broad jumping. But that's <laughs> changed. And I'm like, that lyric wouldn't fly today. It wouldn't, it wouldn't fly right. today. People would be on you, right? It's yeah. a different time. Oh. When we were in our 20s, oh, my when we were in our 20s, it was a different thing. Yeah, but now yeah. when you think about it, what do you, from, from a lyrical standpoint, do you think about the, the age and time we're in when you're writing and you're pinning what's next for you? Yeah, man. You know, it's, it's, I just think about how young I was when I was making those, those lyrics, you know, and, what, and that's what it was about. You know what I mean? It was just like young and just ready for whatever, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, you know, I, we, we wanted to say something, you know, that, that shocked people, you know, that was like, those are witty bars, dude. Those are witty. Big thing, yeah. So you know, we wanted to say things where people would be like, "What? Like for real? Like rewind that? Did he really right. say this?" That was a big thing to try to make people rewind the tape. <laughs> I mean, but when you when you think about that bar in particular, and I think this past week, remember Elvira? Now that it's October, and we're talking about like Halloween is coming up oh, soon. Oh yeah, Elvira, man. Who did? Who don't remember her? Yeah, she she. The, you know the scary movies <laughs> right she was hosting them right, right, right. and um she came out recently and said that uh she was assaulted sexually by Wilt chamberlain line we've been dead for what since 99 we've been right. dead for a long time right, right, right so he can't really defend himself one way or the other and i guess you know the trauma of it she said some stuff and like that's what i said the sign of the times like she had to figure out and let that go and i think we had to let some things go from when we were younger and you t- went over the Sweden for 15 years. Yeah. What took her do from Pacoma, California? What made you say, I want to see something else in this world? I want to do something different. You know, because sometimes because of where you're from, yeah, you get locked into a mind state of like I tell people this, all right. Words yeah. again. Let me get back to words real quick. Right. When you talk to certain people from certain communities, yeah. they talk about where they live. We talk about where we stay. Oh, I stay in this place. I think about how powerful that word is. Right. You chose not to be trapped by that word and go to Sweden. What what drew you there? I mean, for me, growing up, I always felt like, you know, I was different. Because I used to even trip off that. Like, why everybody do the same thing? Right. I ain't trying to be, go out like that or, you know, whatever. But, you know, I, not in my wildest dreams of imagination did I ever think I would move overseas like like that. So what it was really was we started touring, you know, we started touring. I started meeting people overseas, like, you know, that became family. Like, okay, man, you should come back out here. So what what would happen at, when we would go on tour, Swift and Tash, everybody else would go back home. I would stay for a week or two. Right. And out here, like, you know, so one time, uh, crazy story, you know, this guy from Sweden uh, named Klaus, of Juju Records, that's the record label I signed with when I was right. out there. I'm at the house and I'm reading Quincy. This is a crazy story. Make sure you're taking this. Are you I'm, on? I'm reading Quincy Jones' book, his autobiography, right? And it, it explains in the book about how he was doing this tour in Europe, 
they ran out of money and whatnot and right something happened he was with ella fitzgerald and dizzy gillespie all he put together this super band count base yeah yeah and they they, it didn't really fly you know so um this this label from sweden hit him up and said when you get out here to sweden we would love for you to work with our new record label and and you can stay here as long as you want he Mm -hmm. went out there start working with them and lived there for six months six years Lived out there for six years. QD3 is from Stockholm. People right. don't even know this, you know. Um, so I'm reading this chapter of the book. Put the book down. 20 minutes later, this my phone rang. You know, we had the home phone back then. Right. <laughs> and this is dude saying, hey, my name is Klaus Ugla. I'm from this record label in Sweden. I see you're about to do a tour in Europe. When you come to Sweden, we want you to work with our new label and you can stay here. Mm. I dropped the phone. I'm like looking at her because Punk was out at this time. So I'm looking in my mm. house with cameras like, is this for real? <laughs> so, um, I picked the phone back up. He, Klaus will tell you the same story. <clears throat> I'm like, who gave you my number? Like he said, he, he, my one of my brothers gave gave him uh, a number. He called him, got my phone number, hit me up. He's like, "You have to come now." You know, yeah, Quincy lived here and this and that, and blah blah blah. So that's how it happened. After the after the tour was over, I went to Sweden. I stayed there for three months in the summer. That's how they mm-hmm. got me. Right, because it, it was beautiful. It was beautiful, man. Like weather yeah. was lovely. I was living in a, a, a like a compound where they had mm. a studio and I was working every day. I said, and I saw that because music was changing around this time. This was like 2003. Mm-hmm. So the music out here was changing. In the radio, they wasn't playing real hip hop no more. They wasn't playing nothing with really substance, um, you know, positive lyrics or mm-hmm. real dope MCs really no more. And um, out there they were still like on tv their videos dope rappers and stuff out there i'm like oh this is what i want to do right that's where it started man and um within a year i was living out there that's beautiful man i mean it takes a lot man it it takes a lot oh so you speak swedish yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's dope that's dope well you know, when you expand your, your worldview mm-hmm. and and you talked about your wife a second ago, just yeah. got married recently. Congratulations. Sophia. Sophia, I love you. <laughs> so how did that happen? Oh, wow. How did that happen? We Like I said, uh, we, we met. She's doing her hip hop thing. I'm doing my hip hop thing. I had just came back from Sweden, actually. Mm-hmm. Came back from Sweden. I was supposed to go right back, but I, I decided to stay for a while and do some things. You know, it's like you know, God. Like I said, God has a plan. So then, certain things happen where I'm just in Cali now. So we met. Yeah, we just hung out a couple of times, and we just became best friends. Like for mm. real, like real best friends. And people would be like, "Oh, y'all dating or something?" We was like, "No." not even close like right. no. 
No, like we used to tell each other, we can't ever do that because it'll ruin our relationship. The friendship, right? Um, so we was just like really just doing a lot of things. Came up with Slapman. She she's the the the, the director of Slapman. She the one who came up with all of this stuff. You know, <laughs> like oh, you should do this. I'm like, no, I ain't about to do that. It's crazy. No, you gotta do it. You gotta do this. Do it. Then we'll be filming it like seven times. Like, no, I need more emotion. Come right. on, do it again. You know, she get she she got that thick Russian accent. You know, so mm. just like more emotion, more emotion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like that. That's why when you see them, it's, it looks so intense. You know what I mean? Mm. So I she brought it out of me, and then um, you know. It just got to the point where we kind of made an agreement together where we were like, we're such good friends. How can we be in a relationship with somebody else? They ain't right. And I, I, we don't want to be separated. Like, okay, now I'm in a relationship. It was fun. So we made an agreement. Like, at this point, we can't even be in a relationship with nobody else. Right. It's, it kind of started from that. And then, you know, one day we just say hey let's let's we might as well so you had you're gonna have two weddings right or you already had both no we had our our um glad you asked that question we had our civil wedding uh a few weeks ago we try to do it on zoom but the, the reason why because the the courthouse where we're at they don't let you come in the courthouse because of covid so they right. have to do it on zoom so we thought we could give everybody the zoom address from the courthouse, they was not ready for all that. Right. So everybody came, and I I, I really loved that area because I could see everybody on there, but we couldn't hear each other. Everybody's mics was on and all that, so we had to do it just privately. But actually, this Sunday we're doing a um, Orthodox Christian wedding. Okay. Um, yeah. So she introduced me to the or Russian Orthodox faith. I mean, it's it's Orthodox. Christian Christianity is for everyone. It's right. in Russia, it's in Greece, it's in America, it's in Mexico, it's everywhere. Right. And, um, so we're we're having this uh our our church ceremony on Sunday, actually. That's to make dope. it really, really, really official. Listen, I just appreciate you giving me time. I, I hit you up and like, hey Mary guy, I don't know if you're on a honeymoon or whatever. <laughs> but I know if we I'm could rock Mary guy now. <laughs> hey, look. How's it feel? It feels great, man. I, I you know, she, she the, the right woman found me. Mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. lost. You know what I mean? I was lost in the sauce. So she well, she, she found me and uh, you know, gave me a couple words that just changed my 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 life, you know, in a way. And I knew it was God speaking through her. Okay, that's you know, dope, she man. She had a couple words to me that was just like what just just blew me back and um she you know she didn't really know how how big of an impact it had on me mm. something like some of my friends wouldn't tell me and i'll tell you what she said it was four words because i was telling her about some problems that i was having she said this is not you mm. i was like <laughs> almost when somebody almost can see you like that that's powerful right you said this is not you Dead, look me dead in my eye, and um, you know, it, it just really it hit me hard. Mm -hmm. So, right, you know, 
and everything changed from there. It's so, crazy how that happens, yeah. though. But it's it's At that a, point. It, I was like, you know, when like when the dude took the lion, the the the, the thorn out the lion's foot. Right. I was like, oh, you, right. you know what I mean? Like that's how I was. I'm like, that's dope. Whatever you need, whatever I'm with you. Like, you know what's crazy about that though is that in that moment. 50% of it was that she was supposed to say that and she's told you the right words that you needed to hear. Yeah. But the other half was you being willing to accept that. And that's why your relationship is going to work out. I wish you guys all the best with that. Thank you, brother. Thank but, you. You're right, you're right, though. I was at that point in my life where I was recognizing signs. Because mm -hmm. you, you got to recognize the sign. You got to really be out there. Look, because you get signs every day. And before mm. that, I wasn't paying attention. Then I started paying attention to signs. <clears throat> like, why did this just happen? Why did mm. I just hear? Why did I just hear this song out of nowhere? Why did I mm. just see this person? Why did you just say that to me? Mm -hmm. Right. So it it was it was um, it was in the right time for sure. Well, I hope that you guys have at least 75 years of bliss like the nba so i'm gonna talk a little basketball with you real quick before we get up out of here yeah yeah for sure you know they they're doing the top 75 to 75 75 years of nba basketball wow. and they're doing them in the last 25 years okay so the top 25 since 1997 basically 96 when they did the all-star game in cleveland at the since top of their list. Seven, six, nine, six, okay. Yeah, so you got 25 years in there, you know, going to the 21, uh, 22 season. Okay. And the top 10 list went like this. I'm going to run it down to you, and I want you to tell me. I'm going to go from 10 down. You tell me if you agree or disagree with this list real quick. All right. So at 10, we got Kawhi Anthony Leonard at 9. Giannis Ugo Attemptacumpo. I, I named him LaTerrence to make it more American for me. Okay. So his middle name is LaTerrence. Um, LaTerrence, no <laughs> doubt. Dwayne Tyrone Wade Jr. Well, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Dwayne Tyrone Wade Jr. is at number eight. Okay. Dirk Werner Davisky at seven. Kevin okay. Maurice Garnett at six. And the top five is going to trip. Wardell Stephen Curry, the second at five. Kevin Wayne Durant at four. The great Timothy Theodore Duncan at three. The late great Kobe Bean Bryant at number two. And at number one, the hashtag on the podcast, I can't say his name because people get emotional about him. So his hashtag is he who shan't be named, LeBron Raymond James. Agree or disagree? <laughs> I mean, you know, you can jumble those names up however you want, man. Put it in the soup. It's going to taste the same. Right. You know? So everybody has their own favorites. Right. You got the numbers. Who's your guy? And is Kobe you got, your guy? Huh? Is Kobe your guy? Absolutely. <laughs> Rest in peace to the homie. Kobe is liquid crew. First of all. So people, some people don't know that. Mm. He Swift had a studio in his crib. So mm. when he first came to the Lakers, he used to come up there and hang out with us. That's dope. Sit there in the cipher with us and all that, you know. He never hits hits hit the split with us, nothing. He's like, I'm going what I do. I'm going for these rings. Right. Um, you know, that was the homie. So 
one time we had a show down at the uh I think it was at the whiskey or sunset. Mm-hmm. And uh we were gonna do, you know, we were doing the song with uh ODB. Mm-hmm. So this was like 97, I think. He's mm-hmm. he's rookie. He came just came, you know. Right. So uh we was like, yeah, we got a show down here. You want to go do it with us? He's like, yeah. <clears throat> so he came down and got and did the verse. I mean, he did his own rap in the space where where ODB got down. A word? I wish y'all had video of that. We do. What? So, if I mean. Our, if you look at our video, uh, the flute song, mm-hmm. it's a small piece of it in there. Okay. Now, you'll see Kobe on stage with us. If you look at I'm definitely song, gonna check that the video the flute song. Oh, I got that's one of the instrumentals I used on the show today. Because in between my quarters, I have instrumentals. The flute song yeah. is one of them. All right. La 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 Kobe Bean Bryant. That being said, I want to ask you something. Now that you said that, I'm trying to decide whether I'm gonna ask you about your top Cali MCs, or I'm going to ask you about your top five Loud Records MCs. I don't know. I'll let you choose, sir. I will go with Cali MCs. All right. Give me your top five. And by position, it has to be like point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I will say my center would be Snoop. Okay. Right, because Snoop is just like the hardest working man in, in show business. Like, without really. question, I'm I'm i Snoop very well. You know, used to come to Europe and used to hang out. I've been on a tour with him, all that. But I, I I'm pretty sure he's a twin. You think so? You gotta be. No gotta doubt. Be. I think it's gonna come out one day. Like, ah, it's two of us. Ah, we got Listen. y'all. Snoop, it, when, when knuckleheads, when knuckleheads and soccer moms love you, you know you made it, right? I mean, for for real, to me, he's the most famous person on the planet. Because I've been on tour with Puffy, I've seen Jay Z in public, I've seen very big, huge, huge stars in public. Snoop can't leave his room. He mm. can't. He can't get off the bus. He can't do. He can't go to the mall. He can't go do anything. I, I mean, it's super famous actors, all that dude who just be all in public. Like, what's up, Will Smith? You know, he can right. go to the mall. Everybody be like, what's up, Will Smith? <laughs> he can't even leave his hotel room. No doubt. Pandemonium. Pandemonium. He get off the bus. Five minutes. It's pandemic cars stopping in the middle of the street. Everything. So Snoop Dogg is just five. He's just center. Yeah, he's my center. So we go to Power Forward. Who? West Coast. Power Forward. I gotta. I, I gotta go with with King T. Okay. You know? Love that. Yeah, okay. I gotta go with King T because he's not having it. Right. <laughs> you know, he needs that good defense. You know. Right. King T ain't having it. You, you no free lunch down there with King T. No, he's he's not about no games. Okay, you know he he's the one who who just you know he's he's like the fines almost like hey. everything just go right like you King right. T man like you the king. So hey. um, let's go to the three. That's always been a weird position to me. Like what small forward. 
Yeah, it's a strange position. He can do a lot of a little bit of everything, though. The small forward can do a little bit of everything. Like Scottie Pippen, Dr. J, LeBron J. Oh, I'm sorry. I said his name. And that's, and that's strange. A person who can do everything is strange to me. That's okay, so who, who is that? Is the MC? Like, what are you really good at? Dribbling, shooting, rebounding? What? What do you do? Well, it depends. Like, it depends on the, on the situation and circumstance. They can fill in and do what you need them to do when you need them to do that. Right. So in that case... I got to give this one to Corrupt. Okay. Okay, talk about it. Yeah, because Corrupt can do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like that kind of MC, you know, because he's an MC. Right. MC, like, will murder you on the mic. Right. Next thing you turn around, he's seawalking. Like, <laughs> you do that too? <laughs> so, you know, like the, like the smooth songs, the, the Get on the, you know, he can freestyle off the head, all that. You don't want to mess with that guy. No doubt. So that's your three. So who's the who's the shooting guard? Who's your Kobe? Who's your killer? Hmm. Gotta go with Ice Cube, man. Solid pick. Mess around Ice and get a triple double on you. Yeah, that's that's who you're gonna give the ball to in the last second. Okay. He's, and who's not, your... he's not gonna make a mistake. Have you ever seen Ice Cube make a mistake? Um <laughs> that's subject to debate. <laughs> but career-wise, career no missteps at all. Like, he was ahead of his time in seeing what he could do with his and career when he I left mean, NWA. Career-wise. So, yeah, just, no. No mistakes. None. Just do, did it every, like, he had a genie or something. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. So, point guard. This, this might surprise you, but I got to... I have to give it to the main man, the man who should bring the ball up up to the court, the man who did pass it to everybody else. Ice capital T. <laughs> Come on, man. No doubt. Who else? <laughs> That's dope. He he did pass it to everybody else. Mm-hmm. And 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 willingly, he loved he loves to pass it to everybody else. That's what's dope about him. I think a lot yeah. of people don't know and realize that that was a lot of what he did out there. A lot, bro. Like he he gave it to so many people. Gave so many. He gave King T the opportunity. Most people mm-hmm. don't know that. Took him up to McCullough Records and was like, sign him right now. Mm-hmm. He who took him to Ice T. Ice T mm-hmm. was like, sign him. Right. <laughs> King T and Ice-T lived in the same building for a while. Mm-hmm. I used to be over there, you know, be drunk, stay mm-hmm. over there for a few days. Right. From King T house, they live on the same floor, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to ice door. I'm on my way to work. Not going to ice door because I want him to listen to my demo. But I'm on my way to work, right? So I'm just like, right. hey, I'll be in here real quick. He had me up in there for two hours. Just Miss work. Me talking right like, hey, and this is what you know this is my head when i left i had to squeeze out the door my head was so <laughs> big fat, all this knowledge but, right ooh, two hours i was on my way to work well he's paying it forward man he's definitely paying forward after that I, but, okay. but i think you got a pretty good job you yeah, ended up with a pretty good it, it worked out 
no doubt. Yeah, he, he he definitely brought the ball up for the whole West Coast for sure. Okay, if you had an opportunity to play one on one against any player in the history of the game, who would it be and why? Spud Webb. Why? Because he's shorter than me. <laughs> the only way I want to. I don't know. Spud kind of nice, man. I know Spud was up there, man. But I, I don't know. I just, I just a dude five foot seven who can dunk. Just you gotta give him his stats. You know, Muggsy Bowles to somebody, man. Like, okay, so Muggsy, okay. Yeah, Muggsy Bowles. I, I would, I would, I would play Muggsy Bowles. So, because I, when I first met Gary Payton, I was like, I go for like fifteen on you. He said, Oh, that's okay, because I'm going for thirty-five on you. <laughs> you sound like him too. It happened just like that. I was like, That's dope. I just wanted to hear him talk some mess. That's all. No doubt. So yeah. look. Let people know where they can find you, man, online. You can find me at uh, on Instagram, jroalcoholics, J-R-O underscore alcoholics. You can find me uh, on, on my beautiful wife's website, Level Up Tours. You got to mm-hmm. talk about that. She got Level Up Tours. It's the dopest. It's a helicopter tour in L.A. that takes you to hip-hop land, landmarks above them, plays the music, tells you what's, what happened there, all that, where Easy e grew up, all this dope. LevelUpTours.com. Okay. Um, you can find me there. And the Alcoholics on, on Instagram, too. So, you know, a friend of mine let me know that you were going to Austin, Texas soon. This is a part of your tour coming up. Oh, yeah. Uh, later Jabbar. on in October. Our, our man Jabbar. <laughs> yeah, he, he posted it. He let us know. So I wanted to give him some burn on the podcast and let him know that uh, I was looking out. Hey, man, it's one of my my most wellest brothers that I know, man, you know, since since in the game, for sure, man. We, we've kept in touch, like, strong since back in those days, man. That's dope. Even, even my man, my cousin, uh, Gerald, reached out, and he was talking about Ricky Flowers. Yeah, um, yeah, Ricky Flowers, man. You know, we grew up in Pacoima together. Our parents grew up together, you know what I mean, in Pacoima. That's how deep we are. You know, Ricky like Flowers, man. he moved to Houston many years ago. Mm-hmm. And down in Germany, man. We, you know, we keep in touch, too, man. That's my brother. I love that, man. The degrees of separation, but it's never too far when we got that connective tissue called hip-hop culture. So I appreciate you, my guy. Love you and love seeing you happy, man. Love you too, man. Also, keep doing this, man. Keep doing it. Like you said, you, I love what you said. Why, why are you doing it, man? You right. Know, it ain't all about the accolades right now, but you're going down in history for this. I'm good with that, man. I appreciate you. Like we used to say, keep it real. No <laughs> For sure, for sure. Good looking, my brother. Winning time on the open run with Will Strickland. Want to thank my man James J. Rowe Robinson of the legendary Alcoholics Crew, the Liquid Crew, Cali's Finest, 
coming through to talk a little basketball and life. It's what we do on the Open Run with Bill Strickland. With that being said, let's get into the news, views, and truths that you choose on the NBA and beyond. In ways, I don't know if I'm going to call this Go Blue News or Detroit News, but he played at the greatest university on the planet, the University of Michigan, Go Blue, always and forever. Shouts out to Chris Webber, Hall of Famer, Macy Edward Christopher Webber III, who is now opening a weed compound in southwest Detroit, one of the most notorious parts of the city. Hopefully that goes well. Hopefully you can employ some of the people who have been incarcerated and now rehabilitated. I mean, if you're going to hire workers to work in the weed industry, you may as well hire the guys who did it the best before they got caught doing it because now it's, quote unquote, legal. Speaking of legal and guys who got caught doing it, in no less the same side of town that Chris Weber is building his weed compound, Demetrius Big Meech Flinnery and his brother, Terry Southwest T. Flinnery, are the subjects of a new television show, executive produced by Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, called BMF for Black Mafia Family. They moved so much weight in the 80s and 90s. They started their own record label. Artists like Young Jeezy, Trina, Fabulous, they were all linked to this label. And these guys at 30 years for moving that weight, and I'm not talking about records. At any rate... Terry just got out not too long ago. Meech was not afforded the same luxury. And he's a legend in some of these rap battles. You hear these guys talk about Big Meech and the history of crack cocaine. And Detroit's always been at the center of the crack epidemic, or so they called it. You know, I remember Young Boys Incorporated being the first crew documented by the Source magazine of all places as that early crew that utilized technology like beepers, you know, things that we thought only doctors would use. And Young Boys, that's why they're called Young Boys Incorporated, because there were no laws in the books for kids peddling drugs at the time. For what it's worth, they figured out a business plan, they executed that until other crews figured it out and other people wanted a piece of the pie. Whether they were taken down by the violence that comes along with it or the justice system, one way or the other, Gangs and crews evolved and grew as a result in the city. And one of those crews is the Black Mafia family. And they were connected to so much stuff. I remember playing at St. Cecilia's. And if you know anything about St. Cecilia's and the legendary basketball that goes on in the summer leagues there, everyone from George Gervin to Steve Smith, Jalen Rose, Chris Webber, guys lesser known that were in the NBA, guys like Doug Smith, who played for Dallas, if I'm not mistaken, you know, Anderson Hunt at UNLV. LaShawn Leonard, Howard Isley, all kinds of guys who played in the NBA played at St. Cecilia's. That's where you got basically the indoor rucker of Detroit. I remember playing in the summer league there once before I went over to Europe for the summer to see my family and one of the coaches who I guess, you know, didn't follow protocol. His team was supposed to lose. I mean, these cats were in the church gambling and betting. You knew who they were. Drug dealers, community leaders, whatever you want to call them, depending upon who you talk to. Again, the lens is different depending upon from where you sit. Guess they were betting on the games. And it might have been a game with Derek Coleman in the game too, who's also from Detroit. And the coach didn't do what he's supposed to do. He runs out the gym. He's trying to hide under the car. Somebody shot him in his ass. Shut down the gym. Didn't play the rest of the summer. But that's Detroit. That's St. Cecilia's. That's BMF. Check out the show if you want to. And with the release of this show, the thoughts of St. Cecilia's and all that popped in my mind. And then there was an article around how BMF, about Big Meech and Southwest T hanging out 
with the UNLV running Rebels. Coach Tarkanian, blessed dead, allowed these guys to sit courtside at the games, come to practices, hang out with the players. And he was always under investigation by the NCAA for some rules infraction, relationships with gamblers in Las Vegas, of course. They're going to be guys who want to find out if guys are willing to take a little money to help the line, as well as coming from neighborhoods where these drug dealers were the most influential people in their neighborhoods. This is what they saw growing up. Now, the people of New Orleans who have seen their fair share of tragedy and crime and violence in certain communities, I want to say they're blessed because the New Orleans Saints were terrible for years. But they got the professional basketball team back again after losing it way back in the 1970s. The New Orleans Jazz were now relocated in the great jazz haven that's called Utah. Gail Benson, who is the owner of the New Orleans Saints and the Pelicans, trying to reassure the people of the city and also the NBA that she's going to keep her teams in New Orleans. Lots of cities looking for relocation. Seattle's one of them. People talking about teams in Vegas, working out for the WNBA pretty well with the Las Vegas Aces. Possibility of having another team in Canada. Montreal, perhaps. Back to Vancouver. Who knows? But Miss Benson, with all the upheaval in her front office, David Griffin running the ship over there. They've had three coaches in three years with Zion Williamson. Stability is what they need right now in that franchise. My man Zion might be looking at the front door sooner than later if they don't write the ship down there on the bayou. Somebody who has found stability, at least financially, is Michael Porter Jr., who just signed a five-year, $207 million max contract. Now, it's incentive-laden, so it's really a five-year, $172 million contract for a guy who could have gone to free agency next year. And you don't grow six foot 10 inch wing players who can create their own off the bounce, shoot 40 plus percent from three and 50% from the field. They don't grow on trees. Michael Porter Jr. is an asset worth keeping in Denver. So their core four is going to be together for a while. And I'm talking about Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon, and now Michael Porter Jr. So congratulations to him. As stated on last week's podcast, the NBA is back in training camp, and this past weekend, we got to catch our first look at the presumptive NBA Finals for this season, the Brooklyn Nets versus the LA Lakers. Of course, the Stars did not play. James Edward Harden Jr., Kyrie Irving, of course, did not play, and Kevin Durant didn't play. On the other side, Carmelo, Kyam Anthony, Russell Westbrook, and he who shan't be named did not play. But we did get to see a little bit of what the new look Lakers would be. You saw Malik Monk making his presence known right away. You saw Dwight Howard making his presence known back on the team for the third time. 11 points, 6 rebounds, 6 fouls, and 1 disqualification. Being goaded by James Harden at the end to get that second technical as they were reviewing a flagrant foul. And my man Cam Thomas of LSU, he's the bucket. I talked about this on the draft podcast where I knew coming out that he was going to be a good replacement and a cheaper replacement for Spencer Dinwiddie as he moved on to Washington. And so the score is significant because the Stars didn't play, but at least we got a feel of what the season's going to look like. They got trounced, I think, by 25 or 26 points, 123 to 97. And one of the guys who wasn't playing, James Harden, didn't sign a contract extension. Maybe he's looking at the landscape and saying, oh, if Kyrie's not here, I don't know. I don't know if that's his impetus or whether he wants to hold out for more money or whatever the case might be. If you're playing next to Kevin Durant, probably had a pretty good chance to make somewhere close to a deep playoff run. That's just me guessing. He's not in a hurry to sign that extension in, in Brooklyn. And I'm wondering why. I'm sure we'll find out sooner than later. In reference to 
he who shan't be named because you know we have to have some reference to him, right? Seven for six, the number six he's wearing this season. He is seven blocks away from being the third person in NBA history to be in the top 100 in all the key stat categories. So points, rebounds, assists, block shots, and steals. He's already in the top 100 for four of those. And with seven blocks this season, he'll join Carl Malone and Kevin Maurice Garnett as the only three players in the top 100 of all those categories. Absurdative. And what's been absurdative as well is looking at the idea of the modern era. What is the modern era? If we're going to do this and look at it, and I think I want to do something with that, I want to break it down in years. So from the first year of the NBA, 1946 to 1971, that's the first era. The second era, 1971 to 1996, second era. The modern era started in 1996 and is now in 2021, 25, 25, 25. I'd love to know who the top 25 players for each one of those eras is so we can come to an agreement. Top 75 to 75 are. We're going to look at our top 25 and thescore.com in Canada named their top 25. And we talked about some of those guys with J-Row a little bit earlier but if you have a chance go check that out what you should also check out is the WNBA playoffs they are nutty right now best of five conference finals the underdogs are ruling right now and the Chicago Sky for the number one seeded Connecticut Sun the Sky are up 2-1 beating them at every angle and again the veteran leadership of Candace Parker of Courtney Vandersloot of Allie Quigley they're overwhelming John Quill Jones ran January all those guys playing for Kirk Miller and his son of Connecticut. Game four on the horizon this upcoming Wednesday. As a matter of fact, both games are on Wednesday. And in the other matchup between the Aces of Las Vegas and the Phoenix Mercury, the Mercury, the veteran grizzled team, the number two seeded Aces, they got stomped out in game three. They got nothing from Asia Wilson, last year's WNBA MVP, getting worked by Bianca Turner, who alongside Brittany Griner, and I've been looking forward to this Brittany Griner this Cambage matchup, the whole playoffs, and the whole season, really, coming down to this moment. And right now, Brittany Griner and Brianna Turner are dominating. I mean, dominating the inside. Brittany Turner had 21 points and 17 rebounds and shut down Asia Wilson. She's like 2 for 14 from the field. They were just never in the game at all. Where are these MVPs? I'm talking about Asia Wilson, this year's MVP. John Cole Jones, missing in action. She's not having great games. He had a pedestrian game, 10 points, 10 rebounds. Didn't help her team win. They only lost by three, but only losing by three is still a loss in the best of five series. And you've lost two games already. The margin for error is none right now for both the Sun and the Aces, who I thought would be somewhere close to the WNBA Finals. And they are close, but I'm talking about like close like in playing each other. You look at players like Courtney Vandersloot, who recorded the second ever Playoff triple-double in WNBA history. The other one by Cheryl Swoops when she was a Houston Comet. But Vandersloot, 18 assists. I mean, the points and the rebounds are one thing. But 18 assists, and she was out there doing them slick. And in Game 3, she did the same thing. Didn't have the scoring output she had in Game 2. But she had 13 more assists. Veteran leadership. Same thing with Skylar Diggins-Smith. Skylar Diggins. Nine assists, no turnovers. Bad shooting game, but her team won big. One step away from the WNBA Finals. Keep watching this Wednesday. Both games on the same night, 8 p.m. Eastern and 10 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you check them out. And before we get out of here, feels like I'm always talking about Ben Simmons. At least the Philadelphia 76ers are. 
and they threw down the gauntlet of like it's best basically a declaration of war we're not going to give you your money because you're not showing up so they withheld the 8.25 million dollars they owed him as part of his arrangement with this contract you didn't show up you're not getting paid it's a whole lot of money to let go it's kind of like they're treating it like uh, Red from Fridays when he's talking to Debo, Blessed Dead, Tiny Lister, about the bike. We're going to keep it at our house. It could be like both of ours. That's what the Sixers are doing with his money. And Joel Embiid is starting to let his feelings be known. He was trying to be as diplomatic as he possibly could be. But as someone who is a great troll, like Troel Embiid, he was starting to give Ben Simmons the, the business a little bit and tell him the truth. Like, look. The whole team was built around Ben. I feel like it's disrespectful for him not to be here. He also talked about how because Ben needed the ball in his hand so much, they let go of Jimmy Butler. You know, the guy who went on to take another team to the NBA Finals back in 2020 and might have been the missing piece there in Philadelphia. I don't know. And B has some regrets. And I don't blame him. And it's true. They built a team around him. Joel Embiid, while he should be on the block most of the time, he's a fairly proficient three-point shooter for a guy his size and very, very skilled. You got shooters around him, whether it's Tobias Harris or Danny Green or Seth Curry. And still, that's not the type of team you want to play with, Ben. We got it. Seems as though all the players acquiesce to your whims. And you still won't be there with them. It's going to be tough on you going around the league because other teams and other owners are looking at that. And the words of wisdom, the Tao of one Kwame Brown comes to mind where he got on as he does, IG Live, and had some words for Ben, let him know. I guess his towel actually reminded me of the towel of Marshawn Lynch. To show up, to show up the camp, protect your mentals, protect your chicken, young Sahab. Be a professional. You don't have to like who you work with, just do your job, whether it be in Philadelphia or not. But the way he's handling it, and again, I don't want to paraphrase too much what Kwame Brown said, but you know, if the voice of reason is Kwame Brown, People might have questions about that, but it makes sense. Like, Ben, your reasons for not wanting to show up seem short. It'd be different. Like, James Harden was in Houston. Team wasn't that good. He didn't think it would be that good. They made their runs with multiple iterations of that team with James Harden at the center of that. And look at him in Brooklyn. So maybe Ben's looking at this whole thing like that. I don't know. But in reality, maybe this whole thing is like movie morning breath. A fantasy, a show, performative. But even though I wouldn't paraphrase Kwame Brown, I'm going to paraphrase a quote that I saw recently online. If all of your dreams came true, would it change the world or just you? I wonder if Kyrie Irving or Michael Porter Jr. or Bradley Beal or Ben Simmons, they even think about that. Or you guys as a listening public, think about that. So, I mean, I do. To what am I beholden? I know that I'm beholden to give you the news, views, and truths that you choose on the NBA Beyond each and every week. So until next week, do remember, do what's popular with the population, make sure you don't get beat off the dribble, and keep listening to The Open Run with Will Strickland. Rich Kid, the sound provider, my man, 50 grand. Do what you do when you do it. Easy.